Hello and welcome to this episode of Superhero Ethics. Today we are continuing our journey through Avatar The Last Airbender, the Netflix live action edition with episodes five and six. And once again, I'm joined by Riki of Rikipedia and Paul's The Zen Madman. What do you think of these episodes? I liked them more than I liked the previous two, which I liked more than the previous two. So that, that feels good. Yeah, going in a good direction. I'm continuing on my trend of Iroh, yes, Ang, no, that I started okay. with last time. And I mean, I don't want to be unfair, but it, it's just, it's polarizing in that way where where I really love the Iroh scenes and Zuko and the, the Ang scenes, like, continue to be like, eh, okay, like, I guess we have to do this because it is Avatar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would. It, <laughs> Avatar, the no remaining airbenders, because we yeah. wrote the character out of the series. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like. And that's episodes- a lot of that's my bias because I love Iroh. And, but I started from a place where I was skeptical, and now yeah. I'm like on board, fully mm. on board. And mm. uh, the flashback scenes are mixed, are mixed bag. And I'm sure we'll talk about that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I asked for more Aang and Gyatso. <laughs> we got uh, that somehow. Yeah, I mean that's the best. Including part. Gyatso being a dick, though. Like I kind of loved everything except that last moment. What do you Which mean? Last moment? What are you talking about? Of Explain him, like, yourself. That like when Aang sees him in the spirit world, Aang says like, "Will I see you again when I come back?" And Gyatso clearly looks uncomfortable because at least as I read it, he knew that Aang won't. But he says, no, don't worry, you'll you'll see me again. You'll see me again. Yeah, that's not being a dick. That's saying what he thinks Aang needs to hear in yeah. order for Aang to do what Aang needs to do and not have his friends die because he just wants to chill with Gyatso is how I f- took it. I saw that as a self-sacrifice of mm. I would love to spend more time with Aang and I would love to be able to tell Aang, no, this is the last time I'm going to be able to see you. But I don't think he was just like, all right, we had that conversation. Now I'm going to you know, move on to the other stages of enlightenment or something. I think it was like yeah. he knew that that was all he was going to have the opportunity to, to do, to give. And mm-hmm. that if he tried to hold Aang there or that if he told Aang, I'm not going to see you again, then Aang wasn't going to want to go. And that what Aang had to go do was important. Yeah. Okay. It, it so, was like Yoda and Luke, but much more clear that leaving is the correct choice. I, I think like right. it's it's still unclear in Empire whether Luke leaving to and going to Cloud City is the right choice, and whether like Yoda was just saying you know what he needed to say as the master. In this case, I agree with Paul. Like Gyatso's role here, or like his purpose was. He had to give Aang some wisdom, but yeah, when it, mm-hmm. when push comes to so- shove, it was like he has to Aang has to go and and be the Avatar and save his friends, and that is what is going to enable him or help him to save the world, right? Like his friend, his friends in the yeah. real real the world, yeah, like not spirit world, yeah. I don't know, yeah. And so I, I I do find it fascinating that a lot of times it feels like you two are watching one show and I'm watching another. Yeah, yeah, for, <laughs> um, sure, for sure. Because that's not how I read that at all. What I, I, I mean, I definitely agree with all the things you're saying. I think I I do believe though that he could have said, "This is the last time we'll talk, Ang." But you need to you know do what you need to do, and Ang would have done it. To me, what 
and I guess a lot of it's going to be how it plays out. To me, the, the way it was framed especially felt very much like the point they were making was about this is yet another person who Aang feels is going to abandon him, you know, in terms of how like mm. all of his friends are gone and things like that. And uh, especially like just the way they framed it in terms of like it all being dark and sad and things like that. Um, I could be totally wrong. And again, that's, you know, listeners, let us know. Um, uh, I, I also... I also think, Riki, you and I have very different understandings of Yoda and Empire Strikes Back, but I've got a whole other podcast to talk about that. Because <laughs> I've never for a moment thought Yoda in any way thought Luke leaving was the right thing. But that's a, that's a different topic. I don't think it's presented that way in the movies, but mm-hmm. a lot of Star Wars is about reinterpretation and right. about like applying new lessons to things. So, especially for me, the the Yoda that appears in The Last Jedi, when he starts talking about, like, failure is the greatest teacher or whatever, you know, that speech to to Ghost Luke, putting that lens back on the Empire scenes, I think you can start to see that Yoda letting Luke go and failing to, you know, defeat Vader is a lesson that that Luke needed to learn in that moment. Okay. That's my, yeah. that's my, like, I, the, the I, last I, Jedi I, changed a lot of things for me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what I, does this mean about the rest I, of Star Wars? I, I, I would take it more as Yoda could be like, yeah, I failed. I was totally wrong. You needed to go oh, and you needed to, like, you need you to ne- save your friends. Yeah. But I that, mean, regardless, here, Aang needed to save his friends because they're going to potentially yeah. be in more seasons and they need to go yeah. into the North Pole. Yeah. And, so, yeah. and the other thing is, like, Monk Yatsu is not. He's he's just him, right? Like it's the spirit of the human being, the mm-hmm. former human being. And I think it's fair to interpret it as like him, the human being, didn't want to have like a tearful goodbye with Aang because it would like hurt him too much. Mm. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was that it was also it was as much not in a self-serving way, but as much that he didn't want to have to go through it either. It just it like just he- felt I felt so sad for Aang when he came back like yeah, that. Sure, but I felt and, sad for Gyasu. Like the yeah. his like his performance in that scene was so good, and like when he when Aang leaves, like you can see it on his face. Like, and so we as the audience, we know can, he's not can read be. that and be like, yeah. oh yeah, like I understand what's going on here because like he looks so heartbroken. Yeah, and I I really enjoyed that performance and and what he did yeah. with that scene. Yeah, for me that that scene was like was definitely one of the most important scenes and maybe certainly of that episode where it, I think it showed the extent to which like Aang was raised in such a loving environment by a kind of parent figure mm-hmm. who just loved him unconditionally yeah. and was, they had a deep friendship and the contrast between that and you know, especially Zuko and his father, but even Sokka right. and his father, you know, where Sokka and, and Zuko both have this, like, wanting to, um, like, make their fathers happy, right? Right. And, like, I don't feel like Aang had that, like, because he knew he didn't have to, right? Yeah, he no... never felt a need. He never felt he had to win Gyatsu's approval. Yeah, he never felt like he was ever going to be not enough as a person. Like the Aang struggle is like whether he didn't feel like he could be enough as the avatar. Yeah. Right. And, and I think Yatsu saying like, it's not your fault. 
Like, right. there's nothing you could have done. You couldn't have saved us. You just would have died with us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that that line was so powerful. Mon- and- Monkey Gyatso, don't make me cry challenge. <laughs> Failed yeah, yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as he right. showed up, I said that out loud. I was like, don't make me cry. <laughs> Gyatso. I was like, no, no. Here we what? go. And I, because on yesterday's episode, you know, I was saying that I thought that part of the resolution with Aang and, and Boomy was that we were hopefully going to get less of people saying, Aang, how could you have abandoned us for so long? And you guys may have been right that maybe that there are more people are going to say that, but I do think that this also strengthens Aang a lot more to be able to be like, I, I am not carrying that guilt anymore. I feel like I've been absolved of that guilt so that when other people say it, it's not going to make me feel, it's not going to make me feel as guilty, which I, which I think is a big step forward and was just perfect in that, in that scene. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And then it could be, okay, what am I going to do now? Right. You know? Exactly. And, and that's what exactly I think, I think Admiral Zhao says to him too, right? Like, he's like, I would worry more about your future than your pr- past. Yeah. And it's like, that's, that's really the lesson. You know, it's like, you, you can't change your past. It's like, what are you right. going to do now? Right. And, and that's, you know, we'll see and the I, rest of the series. I also really liked, th- there's some questions I have about everything that happened with Roku. Um, the, the ability of people to transport themselves at great speed across this world, <laughs> including people riding big animals to get to islands in the middle of nowhere is reaching yeah. game of Thrones well, levels of confusion for me. But um, I, I did love everything he, that happened between him and Roku particularly Roku sort of saying kind of in, in contrast to Kyoshi, like, you know, you are all of us, but also we're, you know, I was not Kyoshi and you're not going right. to be me or her. You're going to be your own person, which felt right. like a really good point. Yeah. Like we're all different people. We just have the same like spirit yeah. or something. Right. I, the the whole, I mean, one of the things for the, the whole kind of like past lives and reincarnation and all these things and spirit world that like, for me, like, all this like life after death stuff. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't dig it. Like it usually deeply bothers me in fiction. I'd say within airbender, it doesn't usually, yeah. um, because mostly it's, it's, it's just, it's a little different, but like the idea that the avatars are different people, but also the same is like mm-hmm. kind of interesting. And I, I like that they, um, underscored that. In yeah. terms of the travel, they did specifically say, like, we're near the border of the Fire Nation. Mm-hmm. And so maybe Roku's island is, like, not that far from the border to the Earth Kingdom, you know? Yeah. And, and also that that prison. We haven't yeah. really... They haven't given us, like, the Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark, like, uh-huh. the map, right? Where they show, <laughs> you know, the, the travel, which, like, I would really enjoy for what it's worth. It, yeah. it was more to me, like him getting there and back, I'm okay with. It was more yeah. that, as I understood it, like Jade captures him on that island. Yes. Yeah. So her beast like can smell all the way to the island, fine. But like they go to the island, then bring oh, yeah. him all How the way she back. Yeah, yeah. How did yeah, she then brings right. all the way back to meet up with uh, Iroh. And yeah. that, that's where. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Iroh and Zuko. That, and that's then where my go. travel comment more came sure, from. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, it, but, it felt like a lot happened in a short period of time. There was a lot of. Yeah. A lot of travel involved, and the, yeah, yeah, it's for me. Like I always go back to Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Like the galaxy is so big, and yet in Star Trek episodes, they can always get somewhere like within a day. 
And yet the Enterprise or whatever ship is the main ship on the show is the only ship in the Federation that is capable of responding to this current crisis. So (laughs) it's just, it's like plot, plot convenience, like because these are the main characters, they have to do the thing and we don't want to have to watch like Appa. I am more understanding, I -hmm. guess, because Appa is a flying beast. And so it, is used to this i don't know like ang being able to fly on his little glider for however long distance seems less believable i don't know why but yeah that's fair and he didn't go with appa right to yeah he specifically left appa behind he left appa and momo behind yeah yeah i thought that was very confusing i think that's clearly just so he can get captured and they don't have to figure out what to do with them (laughs) yeah and also i thought he was going in the spirit world to Roku Island. Yeah, somehow he comes out. Like that of- would have been a better plan. Although <laughs> then I guess he couldn't have grabbed the thing in the material world. It, it just, that that part felt kind yeah. of off and confusing to me. And in terms of the scope of the world, I felt like when you had 20 episodes in season one to journey from the south to the north. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. felt epic, right? It felt like this epic, even though they're only 20 minute episodes, it felt like there's so many stops along the way that it feels like this epic journey where you're spanning the globe, right? Yeah. And here it feels like we've got four stops, right? Like there's like very few stops. I mean, I know they're going all over, but like in terms of like here, instead of having the seasons divvied up into like the different elements, each each pair of episodes that we've been discussing is like a given element. Like these two were fire. Right. Right. The last two were earth. The first two were air. The next two will presumably be water. I have mistimed my sweatshirts Mm. to be properly, you know, coordinated. So I'm like a day ahead by accident. But, but it it does. I mean, I've got season three hair. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) They did have the cute when Zuko and Iroh go to that bar. They did have the cute moment of. Oh hey, like we heard stories about the Avatar. Like oh, I yeah. heard he fought those pirates. Yeah, no, yes. the, the, yeah, yeah, the Canyon Guide. So for those right. who don't know, those are each individual episodes yeah. that take place. Yeah. So they're the basically saying show. all these things happened. Yeah. But like we don't get yeah. to see them basically. Yeah. Right? Which is like I yeah, I, like I like that. that. Like if you're not gonna have the stories like mentioning that the stories happened, like right. I wouldn't mind if we had like a. A, a short conversation on top of Appa where the, you know, Sokka says something about like, oh, well, that was crazy that happened mm-hmm. in the village or whatever. Yeah. Totally agree with that. Yeah. yeah, they're basically Easter eggs for fans of the animated show. And, and But it's a yeah. nice way to layer in more of the journey. Right. That, yeah. that we, we are missing. It just, to me, it feels like it still feels missing. You know, it's oh, like yeah, they're yeah. basically telling us it's part of the story, but in terms of the journey, it makes the journey feel a lot shorter to me. Yeah. Yeah, for I'd sure. Agree. And I do think that the the collection of stories that they put all into Omashu for me fit better than the stories mm. they tried to push together here. Um, yeah. So the, the official Netflix live action series drinking game, by the way, is every time you recognize another animated episode, mm. you, you know, you take a, I, I don't know, a swig of water or whatever, because it should be book one water. But like it, <laughs> it, like it's every episode for me is like, okay, let's count how many episodes 
are in this episode. Normally, I will never recommend this, but if you need, like, it is Book of Water, so, like, light beer counts. Um, (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I will say one thing that, one point that I kept wanting to bring up in our first two episodes, and it just never quite fit, and that's fine, because it's a small thing, but now I feel like it's really effective, it's really um, good to comment on, because I think they've done a good thing with this. Every time I watched the bending, I thought, fire bending, they're throwing fire, it is burning people, this is badass. Earth bending, like they're throwing rocks, they're pulling up wall. I would say that I said it really loud for some reason. They're throwing rocks, they're putting up walls, like rock shards. Like this is deadly and awesome. Air bending, even like we're pushing people back dozens of feet. We're we're really kind of socking it to them. And Katara, God bless her, it felt like she just kept throwing buckets of water on people. Uh, like just the way it was animated, it looked very much like water, but it just kind of looked like they were getting hit by a splash. And I love that now, and also as a way of showing how she is progressing in her abilities, now she can freeze the water. And she could do that kind of with Jet into to incapacitate him last episodes, but here that she's actually able to freeze the water and then throw it as little arch, ice shards, as knives. Um, I really like that because I, I could see that people were reacting as though they got hit, hit kind of hard by something, mm-hmm. but it always just looked a little off to me that it was just, it didn't look like they were just going to splash with water. Mm. I never felt that way. Mm, um, I could see that. I like that they're describing how her skills are advancing. Um, mm-hmm. I do feel one of the things with the pacing here is I, I don't feel that kind of like through line of training and constantly like I feel like it's referenced more than shown, you know, yeah. and maybe maybe that's just the demands of a, you know, eight episode live action series you know um but i i would like to see more of that and more of more of the training you know um i mean we and, did get some azula training but and by this yeah. point ang should be water bending right right i mean in in the animated series he is yeah right? he's trying to yeah. learn he's trying to get katara to teach oh. him and then they're going to the northern water tribe for him to learn here have they have they mentioned that that like he's going there to learn or is it just they're trying to prevent some no they're they're going there to help those people right he had the vision or whatever yeah yeah which to me feels right kiyoshi told him i think yeah right and i feel like that i i I want that to be to me that is central to the story is the idea of training is the idea of having a skill or a skill set that you're trying to acquire and that that's like the big journey really in yeah. in the story to me both for ang and for katara and I, I love how in the animated series we really get to see both of their journeys and then later some other characters as well right mm-hmm. and yeah um i i feel like we're getting a little bit of that but le- less than i'd like you know yeah and and it's not it doesn't feel central in the way it does to me in the yeah Yeah. and in general like in stories like this i dislike when people are are led to their next destination by like mystical visions Mm. you know Mm -hmm. so yes i agree that the purpose of going to the northern water tribe to for ang to train as the avatar in waterbending like Mm -hmm. it seems to be like a missing element here oh elements (laughs) (laughs) i think it's fair i think it's fair what do we all think of Zuko in this? Because he obviously had some big plot development. A plus. Give me all the Zuko. Yeah, I feel like I think 
the acting's been amazing. I think he's had some of the better writing in the series, like some of the better lines to del- deliver. Um, I I think it's interesting how they really are making him the driving force of kind of a lot of what's going like of his own. It's not really a transformation. Like I don't see him having a redemption arc here. And I have a whole mm-hmm. spiel that I won't go into about how I don't really like believe in the idea of redemption and blah, 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 blah. But like, like I, I went for a walk and I like was talking it in my head and I'm like, you know what? I'm not, I'll spare you that. But like <laughs> the, I mean, cause I used the word redemption arc in the, uh, the, the lead up thing. Mm-hmm. Right. But I feel like they're setting him up as such a sympathetic character already that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I do kind of wonder like what the payoff is going to feel like because I feel like he doesn't have that far to go. Like he did have that explosive moment with Aang where he's like, you know, my father's a great man. And then he literally quoted him and they, you know, cut to the backstory where he mm-hmm. basically gets that line out of his dad's mouth. And mm-hmm. this is, this is something that I feel like I feel a sense of loss that it's not the same as the animated series, but like, we still have that. I feel like here they are trying to do something interesting and different with the character and with the mm-hmm. character of Ozai, because there's yeah. something in that Agni Kai that I felt like I picked up on that was either there or it wasn't there. Either I imagined it or it was deliberately, you know, evoked by Daniel Day Kim. But like, I felt like when Ozai was punishing Zuko and like branding him, Mm-hmm. I felt like he d- didn't want to. I didn't yeah. feel like that was an act of malice. I felt like it was a misguided act of thinking he was doing what he needed to do as a father to toughen yeah, yeah, up yeah. his son because yeah. his father had presumably treated him that way and his yeah. father's father has had treated his father. And it's to me that actually really underscores in a in a beautiful way the you know the way somebody has to break the cycle of violence somebody has to break the cycle of abuse, right? Yes. And Zuko is so abused by his father, but it feels like his father was clearly abused by his father mm-hmm. and that it went I, down like this. I agree. And I felt one of the reasons I love this episode so much, these episodes, is I felt like this is when I finally got what they're doing with mm-hmm. Zuko and with Azula and with Ozai. Because first of mm-hmm. all, we talked about that maybe they were rushing zuko's story a little bit much and here i felt like it actually really makes sense that like in that moment yes he went for iroh instead of the avatar but it's not because he has realized like the avatar quest is hopeless or anything like that he's still just as much on it and and to me that really gets to how conflicted this guy is and that Mm -hmm. to some extent it's that how important his uncle is to him but also that maybe he thinks he can't get the avatar without his uncle you know Mm. and so it's still this kind of mixed place and I think there's something to be said for when the first time you hear a story, a big part of the power of it is that you go on a journey with a character and then there's big reveals towards the end. When you retell that story, you have to decide, are you telling it for an entirely new audience? Or are you telling it for the audience who's already seen that version of the story? And it feels like here they've made a conscious choice of instead of saying, we're going to make you feel negative towards Zuko because he's the antagonist and then slowly let you have sympathy for him that here we're really going to make you have sympathy right out of the gate for Zuko and now for Azula 
Because by the end of this episode, I also felt kind of sympathy for Azula because what it really feels to me like is, yes, that Ozai did not, in the animated version, it feels like Ozai gives up on Zuko entirely, wants him to go away forever, and now Azula is the heir. This, it feels like, he is very intentionally play. I mean, it's very Sith in a way. He wants to toughen up both Zuko and Azula and play them off against each other so that they will both be as callous and hard and, you know, unmerciful so that one of them will emerge victorious and be the rightful heir to him. And in that, if that's where they're going, I think now it makes sense to me why they're bringing in Azula so quick, why they're doing some of the other stuff. Mm. It's not the story I love, but maybe because we got that story, this is a, a new way to do it. Yeah, I can see all that, except for, like, sympathy for Azula. Like, I feel like she's malicious. Like, she is, like, evil. And that she... It doesn't feel to me like this... She's been abused and she's... Like, I feel like there was this, like... Like... Like, she was enjoying watching Zuko suffer, you know? And... Mm -hmm. Also, like when you know when she brought those uh, like rebels in to to get you know immolated, yeah. like that. There's this pleasure, this this malice, this sadism. That I mean, yeah, obviously she also had a a father who's you know a mm-hmm. horrible person, at least in terms of what his acts are, right? Right. Um, but like I I feel like where she is now, I feel like she has farther to go i i understand the kind of like maybe maybe i'd say i would i would i could co-sign the word empathy and i'm not saying you shouldn't feel sympathy but like Mm -hmm. i i would say maybe some like i feel where she's coming from but like i I definitely feel like some very very negative like maybe more than ozai like Mm. whatever ozai thinks he's supposed to be like azula is that you know, which maybe Azulon yeah. was, and um, so to me, it, it's sort of like if you look at a child soldier who is just vicious and brutal. Mm-hmm. Do you focus on the evil? Like, are you like, oh, this child soldier is evil, or are you like, this is a child who was raised in an incredibly evil situation? Like, do I want Azula to roam free? Hell no. Right, right. Um, but I, I like, I think all of that is true, but I think. She and Zuko are very much both products of their father's raising. And I, I have more like I want him to win in the fight right. between sure, the two sure, of them. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also have some sympathy towards her in terms of mm-hmm. like you have also you have been taught that being this horrible person is what is the right thing to do. Right. And right. you probably feel like you're winning because you're getting your father's love. But then like the way that her father turns on her very quickly and is yeah. like don't think Zuko's out of the running. Like, and yeah, yeah, you, know, like, yeah. you being a candy, at, like, you know, kiss ass, like that's just as bad. Yeah. And I just feel like the malice is like something almost like innate, like is how it feels to me, mm. you know, like it, it, it feels different, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Animated Azula. The first word that comes to my mind is psychopath. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And in this one, so far, she, 
like a introducing her earlier and like showing more of what's been going on in the fire nation she seems more cunning and manipulative than i Mm. recall azula being i feel like she was cunning and manipulative in the yeah but like more in the like overtly threatening kind of way yeah. Well, to She's me, like, like the way the the way she I don't want to spoil too much, but the way the she politics, takes the way she takes over a certain group in yes, the end of season uh, two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. but here it is. She's like playing politics with the the military right. and the government right. in, in a way that like her being involved in the promotion kind of, of Zhao. Right. Example. Yeah. Exactly. But I'd say at least does her being in it so early now make more sense to you guys? Because mm. to me, I now feel like. I, I, if they were going to tell the exact story they told originally, there's no reason for her to be on screen. But I feel like I now understand the story they're wanting to tell with her instead. I feel like if you want to tell as much of the Iroh and Zuko backstory, like what happens before the, the present day events, essentially, before the main story, then it makes sense to have more Ozai and more Azula. I think that makes sense for context. Yeah. I, um, so it, it, to me, it does feel like it goes along with the choice of telling a different Iroh and Zuko story. Right. So I feel like that all fits together, yes. Yeah. Well, and then I on guess, some level... It, sorry, go ahead. You go ahead. Well, my answer is no or not enough. Like, if they're mm. going to give us this much, I think they should give us more mm. and be drawing like more of a narrative through line between what Iroh is telling Zuko and then showing what Ozai is doing with Azula. Hmm. Right. Because like Zuko hmm. has this image of his father and the fire nation. And like, yeah. oh, I just want to get back, restore my honor, etc. And Iroh keeps telling him like, no, like you're wrong. Like it's, it's not that great back there. And we're getting a little, little of it, but I think maybe if they showed us more, even, even more mm-hmm. of it, yeah, is perhaps what That's I'm wanting. It, it it does seem ironic to me that in a way I feel like this version of Ozai care. I think you were kind of saying this earlier. Cares more about his son than he does in the animation. Because to me, in animation, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, he has clearly yeah. Writ, he's written off his <laughs> like a low I, bar, but yeah, yeah, he, he's For written sure. off his son entirely. It's like no, you challenged me once, you're done. Right. Whereas here, it's much more like I want you to learn this lesson because I do want you to be strong enough to. Right, like he wants Zuko to be his heir. Right. Whereas in the original series, it's like he's accepted that Azula is his heir and Zuko mm. is his like screw yeah. up son, like his brother in, in yeah. his eyes, right? That the two of right. them are the disgraced kind of, you know, yeah, they can go off and scour the earth on some hopeless quests. Yeah. And he genuinely, yeah, he genuinely seems to respect how Zuko found the Avatar. the the fact that he corrects azula when she says commander zhao found the avatar he he makes a point of saying no it was zuko yeah and i do think that there's some kind of pitting the two of them against each other there but there's also just a genuine like no i gave zuko an impossible task and he succeeded yeah and then in the next episode we see ang talking to zuko about basically like hey you like did all this research on avatars like you collected all this information that and it's so it's clear that like zuko took the challenge like really seriously he wasn't mm-hmm. just like 
you know, just yeah. running his boat around hoping that he'd find a sky beam somewhere. Yeah. You know, it's like one and- thing I was thinking about that I don't think has been said ever in either the animated or the live action, but but at least fits in my mind. I think that the fire, you know, it always seemed like a huge coincidence that Zuko just happened to be in the area of the entire world where uh, Aang gets defrosted. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized they may well think that the Avatar died as part of the attack on mm-hmm. the Air, Air, Air Nomad Temple, which means the next Avatar should be in the Water Tribe. And so, like him, right. him being specifically at the in the Water Tribe area makes mm-hmm. a lot more sense. Then, yeah, yeah. I mean, or or he thought that he was uh, somehow found out that he was probably of the Southern Air Temple, and then um, yeah. looking. For, but that would also like explain why they were looking for all the water benders. Oh yeah, that's true too. You know, yeah. and in this I, one, I guess like Katara got her mom killed. Like what? Oh, okay. So, yeah, (laughs) let's talk about the parentage of uh, Sokka and and Katara because, and here I wonder if again I'm going to be off on my own, or if this is Paul, the kind of thing you were talking about about show not tell. In the show, we know and we feel the incredible pain that Katara went through because of the death of her mother. We never actually see that happen on screen. And we certainly don't see that Katara is in any way responsible or like that was the one being protected specifically. Yeah. Similarly, we know that Sokka feels this incredible pressure to live up to the example that his dad dad set. And in the original, as we commented on in our review, in our look back at the animated, one of the nice things is that they never actually make hope, you know, Hokeda, Hokata, Hakoda, thank you. That they never make Hakoda like actually this like bad guy who like ran out on his family or who like made Sokka feel terrible. It's just that the situation made Sokka feel terrible. Right. And so having this, having each of them have these horrible memories, one that's of events we knew about, but just made so much worse and shown on screen. And the other being of like, actually, you no, know, Sokka has a re even more of a reason to feel bad it just it felt like the animated was much more subtle and trusted its audience a lot more and this was much more like no we have to make it like the exact thing that you know would fit this bill i felt hit over the head with it yeah for sure um i will say that i'll give them an out which mm-hmm. they may or may not maintain as the series goes on but those were things that were showed to them by you know the spirit mm-hmm do we know that that's exactly how things happened? That's what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. Kind of like a reverse uh, Black Mercy. Right. Like yeah. yeah. Comics exactly. thing of like yeah, showing yeah. you like what you want most, like showing you your deepest fear. Yeah. And, right. and yeah, like that those events may have happened, but not played out in exactly that way. And this is an exaggeration. I, right. I was hoping that, but at some point the spirit says to, uh, Aang, they're they're trapped in their darkest memories, which to me meant it was that it is it is specifically their memory, not like their own like fear interpretation that like makes their memories twenty percent worse or whatever. Yeah, I mean, again, I think that leaves open the potential for an unreliable narrator, basically, where yeah. the spirit is telling that to Aang, 
do I mean, do we know the spirit's honest? Like, right. I think you're probably correct, or I think the interpretation that you're giving, I think is probably what the writers had intended. I think that's the most likely thing. Yeah. I do think right now, as of what's been on screen, it is open to interpretation. Like I yeah. said, it's possible that future events will close the room for that interpretation by adding, you know, by there being more explicit, yeah, uh, like reinforcement of what happened, you know, um, yeah. and and assuming that it is actually exactly what happened as we saw on screen, I I don't like it that much, yeah. you know. Um, I, I wouldn't say I hate it, but like it, it feels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it just it's a weird interpretation of the show, not tell. Right. Thing. Yeah. Which is like, it's, it's not a truism in storytelling. Mm -hmm. And I think the problem is that when you, when you say show, not tell, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to show a full flashback scene. It just right. means like, don't have the character say, I'm really sad because my mom died. Yeah, was killed right. by fire vendors, right? Like you want to show the emotion yeah. through a, a scene in the current right. uh, story. Yeah. And I, but, I think there's just a constant kind of stating of one's emotions or telling someone else about their emotions and how they should deal with them. That right. just is it. I feel like it doesn't leave enough room for the, the actors to kind of give give nuance and and i i think zuko is one of the characters where they've succeeded the most with that because he, he doesn't always say a lot you know yeah. I, yeah i think a lot of the times the less dialogue there is and and especially when you have live action people portraying the roles that's one of the big advantages over animation really is that animated faces can be expressive but it is very, very difficult for them to be as expressive and as nuanced in that expression as a human face of like yeah. a mm -hmm. yeah. skilled actor, right? Especially and... in combination with the dialogue. Yes. Yeah. And I would say, like, we forget this show is what, 15 years old, 20 years old? And yeah, animation. The first season, I think it was about 20. Yeah, animation. Like, I, I would say that, like, what you just said, I think, isn't necessarily true about the facial expressions in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. But that's also because that has much more advanced technology and a budget that's probably 100 times bigger to use that technology. Um, yeah, like, I, like I, I still think your general point of a human face can convey emotion better than a drawing of human face is absolutely true. I'm just saying that I think that like with this show, not only is that true, but also this is without the budget and without the technology that we're getting used to in, in shows today. Yeah. I think it's, I think more than like budget or technology, it's about um, stylistic choice. Like it is animation yeah. of like car it's, it's cartoon drawing, right. In a certain way, it's, it's the, the faces, the drawings are representations of what yeah. they are as opposed to um, I mean, the spider verse movies have very different, styles of animation within them and yeah. some of them are the kind of more hyper realism and some of them are very uh, like more yeah uh, spider noir is not <laughs> giving them right yeah. exactly and, and um yeah and, and so it is certainly possible personally i still feel like most kind of more photo real kind of uh animation still feels a little bit of that kind of uncanny valley to me a lot of the time but yeah 
Um, but certainly you are right that there, there are ways of animating that you can give a little bit more, but still, I, I just feel like it's almost never going to be as much as like, not even just in terms of whether you can visually represent it, but like the feeling that a person has, I think the reason a lot of people prefer live action is the feeling they get of looking at real people, you know, yeah. the faces of real people specifically. Um, and I think that gets to the point of this, why this, it was so specific that we felt this way. And and here's kind of my own spin on show. Don't tell. I think that the, the, the problem here is that what we, what we're in the end, what we're supposed to see is not the exact way that their mother died. It's Katara's reaction to it and her mm -hmm. feelings about it. And so for us to see, we can either speak, we can either see how she's feeling about it, or we can be told exactly what happened right. so that now we can like, oh, well, of course, so Katara must feel this. Right. And yeah, the same, yeah. same way. And I do agree with you. That's an out. Like, I think if you give me two minutes of Katara and Sokka talking about the things they were most afraid of and, you know, Katara, like there are, th there are times where I've had fights with people where in my head, I know I got too angry. And in my head, I'm thinking about all the like the worst thoughts I say when I'm angry and I'll go to the person later and be like, I'm so sorry. And like when I said this specific thing, they're like, no, you never said that. <laughs> it, it, and I, I, so I can imagine like, yeah, yeah. it's entirely possible that Sokka never actually heard what his father was saying, but he thought sure. he didn't do well enough. Maybe some of the other kids teased him. And yeah, so maybe in his head, he remembers that his father said that. Sure. And if him and Katara have that conversation and he's like, no, Katara, mom died, you know, doing this other thing. or And he, and she's like, no, Sokka, you know, dad never said that. Like mm -hmm. that, that would, that would be all I need. Because then I think it's much more what you're talking about, but mm. we'll see. We'll see. I feel like I don't want that either. But if it made yeah. me happy, I'd, I'd be like, okay, I'm glad Matthew's happy. I, I'm saying it's it. a way to confirm the out that you're giving it. Sure, but, sure, yeah. sure. I still wish they just hadn't done it. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. Well, yeah, the the whole co the face stealer in the yeah. original story that comes a little later, and it's only mm -hmm. Ang who goes into the spirit world and, and meets Ko. Right, and in right. fact, like this episode, the the panda badger mm -hmm. skunk spirit, whatever it is, like mm -hmm. that was completely different. Yeah, right. Because by the end of this episode, Ang is supposed to have soothed soothed that spirit, and it right. returns to its kind of more natural, less angry form, and that just yeah, didn't happen here. He he gave him like an acorn, though. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I feel like that payoff yeah. wasn't there, right? That was like, I thought that was like the main point of like these two episodes. Was right. And then, like and then we kind of swerved, all... swerved into Co. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. And it was just, it, it felt like to me about twice as many stories as needed to be in yeah. one episode or two episodes for that matter. Um, mm -hmm. But I Which... was like more payoff on the forest as well and the spirit of the forest. Yeah, I felt weird because on the one hand, I wanted fewer stories, but I'm wondering if either of you felt this way. I thought at first that we were going to get the painted lady when we got to this town that was like having all these spirit pro you know, no. problems and, and other problems. And I, I thought maybe we we're going to get to have that part of Katara's journey, which oh, that's is much later. But you thought they were going to put it in earlier, basically. Yeah. Is what oh, was saying. that in season two? I thought that was season one. I think it's season three. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Never mind. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, the, so the addition that I really liked 
was the 41st division. Oh yeah. Edition. Yeah. Right. Because that, the, the war council scene, the Agni Kai, like that all exists. But the fact that the 41st division was assigned to Zuko's mission mm-hmm. and, and the, like the, the way that it's revealed to them and the respect that they show, like that played out much better. In the animated show, I think like Iroh just tells the story mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. it could be implied or it could have been planned and just cut out, but they, they never say that they're the 41st division in no, the animated they don't. show. Yeah. So right. the, the, the revelation of that was more powerful here or, or yeah. was powerful. Yeah. And the respect that they showed Azuko makes much more sense. And there, like the, the show don't tell, right? Like none of them say anything like, thank you for saving our lives, Prince Zuko. Yeah. I guess they do call him prin- our prince. Our prince. He says our prince. Yeah. So, so yeah, like that. And, and just like the bows, the respectful bows as he walks past them. Like mm-hmm. that was, that was great. That was perfect. I love yeah. that scene. Especially because I don't, I don't know if this was intentional or if I'm just misreading it or something. When we make it that specific, part of what that also means is that the argument that Zuko was making in that war council wound up like being what they did. They didn't attack with the 41st. And I don't know if that means <laughs> that the same attack happened with a different group or if on some yeah. level it's also that the father like is actually like, no, you made a good point, but you did it in the wrong way. And so I'm punishing you, but I'm actually doing what you right, suggested Right, right. Like they do. didn't actually follow through with the plan. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. It's yeah. like, yeah. I mean, maybe he was just like, ah, we won't even attack. I got to punish my son. Yeah. We'll get back to our military conquest later. The the only thing I didn't like about that was the way it was framed was, you know, Zuko treats us really badly as our mm-hmm. commanding officer and, and Zhao, Zhao doesn't. And then it was like Iroh being like, well, yeah, but forget about how badly he treats you because, you know, he did this really nice thing for you before. Right. And it's, Granted, I'm a labor rights guy. Like I'm all for the unionized workers. Like it, it felt a little dismissive. I, w- I wish that they had, that it had been framed more as we think Zuko is going to get us all killed. Zhao is the way we're actually going to get to go home. Zhao, like that was much more about that rather than specifically about like Zuko treats us badly mm. because there's been nothing done to make Zuko treat them any better. Um, right, right, right. Zuko hasn't actually learned like to not be a tool. Like he's still a tool to them, right? right? He saved their lives. And then maybe maybe there's some element of resentment, right? Like I got scarred and off on this ridiculous yeah. quest because I stood up for you guys and saved your lives, you know? Um, right. So maybe that's like an element there. But um, yeah, I agree that like he's still not a good commanding officer. <laughs> Um, although they don't really know much about whether Zhao's a, a good commuting, commanding officer or not, you know, yeah. they just, they, it's like, oh, this is the new guy. He hasn't been a tool to me yet. Right. You know, like, and I don't know about you. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and it, and there, there's an extent to which like Zuko and Iroh are asking them to risk all their lives again because they're direct, they are now right. all in mutiny against a direct order from the Fire Lord. And so they're sort of all putting themselves on right, the line. Right. Yeah. I mean, for me, this, like Zuko's story, you know, we're going to get to redemption in the future, but this, this story that's going on here in this episode 
is about him like growing growing as a leader i guess and yeah you can say like well he's just kind of been a dick to them but i i, I think paul you said something about like he resents them like right well like, i'm the, just saying that's possible yeah like ozai the way ozai presents this is like more of your punishment as more of your punishment right. I'm going to saddle you with these new recruits right. whose, whose lives you valued so much. Yeah. And so, yeah, like there, there might be a bit of resentment from Zuko that like he's in this position because he valued their lives. Right. And he, he doesn't, because he's so young, like he doesn't see yet the value of that as a leader. Yeah. Especially a military leader. Right. Like, and so far, like he has, he has like every time I think Lieutenant G like says something like we found the avatar, like we have a rumor, like I'll send some man. Zuko's yeah. like, no, I'm going with Iroh. Right. Which is kind of his like lack of trust. Right. Right. And I think what him. has, what has been broken through here in this episode is that now there is a respect and a trust between them. And mm -hmm. may, maybe there's still enough time. Like we'll get to see something come out of that like a, a positive development out of that yeah. so like i i really like the way that this whole thing with the 41st and tenant g is played out and then iro too like i like i i continue to praise the iro performance especially in the background like iro standing in the background like mm. i always pay attention to because yeah. he'll have like a nod or a facial expression or something like a look that passes between him and another character. And it's just yeah. great. For sure. Yeah. Like seeing him at the Agni Kai was like, was painful, oh, yeah. you know, because he clearly thought it was horrible and abusive, but also felt like he didn't really have the stand. Like there was only so much he could do kind of, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, he tried to step in, but it's like, he can't, he can't tell his brother what to do. Cause his brother's a fire Lord now. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's what did you think about the like the voiceover, like the monologue, the Iroh monologue in episode six? That's okay. Uh, yeah, powerful, but a bit on the nose. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I felt. I felt like I don't feel like there was a better way of delivering these words, but I'm not totally sure why they're here. You know, it, it felt yeah. a little bit to me almost like the writers not trusting their episode, like, yeah, or the audience, maybe, you know. Yeah, like um, it was an attempt to tie all of the stories together. Yeah, like yeah. if if there was some kind of like, I don't know, like how I met your mother aspect to it, where like he was talking to someone, it like it just felt a little <laughs> weird to me that oh, he was like, yeah, all that of a sudden part? talking to us. Yeah, sure, yeah, part, sure. Yeah. I was just kind of like, why are we hearing Iroh's voice in voiceover for yeah. all this time? I but guess they've, wait, done, was they've that done that with telling g the story is that what that was i don't think so i that feel like that would have made sense that's how i would have spun it yeah if I were gonna, you know what i mean it, that's how... but yeah it, it, it did feel to me like this was it was kind of like they were trying to make iroh sort of the narrator of this whole thing but right. that's weird because they've made him even more of a subjective character than he is in the original right so, yeah yeah for sure they did it with gyatso as well like in a previous but episode i think did, there was right? like yatso was... voiceover yeah narration yeah and there was i guess there was um i think um kiyoshi like the intro or something with the earth air 
water, fire. Yeah. I don't know. That's something maybe to pay attention to on a rewatch. I think so, yeah. Is the voiceovers, like, whether... If they're doing something where, like, each one represents a character. Yeah. I'm just going to interject with something completely unrelated, except about voiceover, that I, I was... I've been really enjoying Only Murders in the Building, partially mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. it has different characters doing voiceovers at different point because it's a podcast. And like it just <laughs> as as you know, doing podcasting and then like, you know, having thoughts about narration in film where like most of the time it only really works for me, like in film noir. Um, but like you can, you know, the the intro to the animated series really works. Like there is, like at the beginning of every episode, it's like we're going to give you the whole framing of the series right here with Katara just telling you this. And like here, they've kind of tried to do a few different things with it. And um, it hasn't felt super congruous to me, but I really, honestly, I'm actually really looking forward to rewatching the series as much as I, I didn't enjoy certain choices early on. I do feel like getting to the end of this season and then understanding what they were going for Rewatching the whole season through that lens of like kind of understanding the story that they want to tell. Um, I do want to see how different it feels. Cause like yeah. I deliberately didn't rewatch the original animated series because I didn't want to be constantly comparing everything. Mm-hmm. Yet I find myself <laughs> constantly comparing. Like I just yeah. can't help it, you know? Yeah. Um, but once I've seen a whole chunk of it, then rewatching it with itself as its own frame of reference instead of the animated series, I I, I do wonder how different that experience is going to be. Yeah, I think it's true. I mean, I certainly feel like even just with what we've learned so far it makes me feel like I like the first episodes more, you know, knowing what they're going mm. for. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'm I mean, ever going to think that first scene was necessary, but there'll be there'll be de- very different things because I I already like we did rewatch it before starting this, mm-hmm. and in in the animated show like the Canyon Guide episode, which they just like reference in the bar right. scene, yeah. like already was a pretty like low filler episode for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> them cutting it out here, me like yeah that happened like, right right yeah. yeah. This is a pretty skippable episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, f- I feel like season one certainly had more of any of that than season two or three, um, you know, and, and was some some would say of uneven quality. Some would say just like not as good. Some would say just like if you don't have Toph and Azula, like it's just not going to be as good yet, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but wait, yeah, I mean, I, I'm right. <laughs> I, I like I think I like season one more than most people do but i definitely mm-hmm. feel like it there's a lot of episodes to me but like that kind of episode to me feels like it's not so much the experience of that episode on its own it's the feeling that there have been a bunch of you know quote unquote filler episodes but like episodic episodes that yeah. makes it feel like this journey to the north pole to the northern water tribe feels like oh we're here finally you right, know yeah. whereas like now i'm kind of like Oh, we're already here, you know? Yeah. No. (laughs) That was fast. And part of that, I think, is that it's a shorter amount of episodes. But part of it's also because, you know, we're watching it over three days and maybe we're watching it over a full day, you know, instead of like week to week or something like that. 
Yeah, I mean, I watched the original one, like the whole series, in like a week. So <laughs> that's the fair. first season that's was fair. like two or three. Very days. bingeable. It is. I'll it also is. say, and this is kind of a general comment about fandom, but I think in to me, this is really proving it. This, I, I think they're doing a very good job, especially in like those little reminders, like, oh yeah, the canyon, ep- uh, the canyon adventure we went on. This to me is blowing the water out of the idea of like, oh, this new version ruined my childhood, or they forever ruined the show. Like, they're very clearly doing this in a like, no, we're doing something different. And like, I imagine that the viewership of the Canyon episode, for example, went up a little bit because some people did watch that scene and go, oh, yeah, that was a really cool episode. I liked that. I'm going to pause this and go back and watch it, you know, Um, because you can, you know, because there's no this is not erasing any of that stuff. And at any point, someone who can say, yeah, this isn't the version I love. I can just go back and watch that version. We have that already. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that that So that phrase, like, this new thing has ruined my childhood, right? I, you know what ruined my childhood? Night Rider. <laughs> I love Night Rider. Like, oh, man. I had... Have you, have you watched it, Paul? I've it was on Netflix last year, and I I tried to rewatch it. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> it is an absolutely terrible it's, show. It's like super the, the misogyny of the character of Michael Knight. Like this is all an aside. So mm-hmm. we all have, but what I'm trying to say is, we all have these fond memories of things from our childhood. Just oh, yeah. like live with that. And some of the stuff is rewatchable. Some isn't. But I don't like nothing new. <laughs> like if they made a new Knight Rider and it was bad, I'm not gonna be like this ruined Knight Rider for me. Like Knight Rider is yeah. already bad. So if you love Avatar, the original Avatar, love that. And like we already had a this ruined it for us. Like the 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 live action movie in theory like ruined it. Quotes air quotes. Yeah, right. That's true. But it didn't. Like you can just watch the animated show and it's still great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll make a distinction between something like a remake and something that supposedly shares canon with something where yeah. it I've had to do a certain amount of mental work to like be able to watch something that's supposed to take place within the same framework as something else and be like, yeah, that's not part of my head canon. Like that's I'm yeah. excising that. Which, you know, certainly with Star Wars, I kind of separating certain things. But like the last two seasons of Dexter or like, oh, there's another show. I don't even want to mention it. But like it, I loved the first two seasons. The last two, I was like, you have ruined this show for me. Yeah. And but then like, yeah, I guess I could still rewatch the first or second, you know. Um, but there's here a, I do. Yeah. There's a movie that I think 95% of it is the best war movie I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the last few minutes are some of the most manipulative, offensive. Uh, yeah. And you can cinema- just I've not watch those mi- movies. I can just, and be like, I now know exactly time. when to hit pause to stop right. watching um, something about saving yeah. a private. Yeah. Uh, All right. Back to Avatar. Okay. I was going to move to a new topic, but, but oh. go ahead. Okay. At the beginning of one of these episodes, they're riding on Appa. And they make they they comment about like a past adventure, which is that firebenders attacked them because Sokka 
was flirting with a right. woman who yeah, girl yeah. who was ended up being a Fire Nation soldier. Right. Uh, that 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 never happened in the animated show, right? Like that's not a reference to an episode as far as I know. That's and terrible. I kind of hated that because it's like, <laughs> well, what about Suki? <laughs> I think they're softening the blow. See, I, I honestly think because episode two and maybe some things that haven't happened yet are not that separated by a large number of events. They're mm-hmm. trying to insert an event that makes it feel like those things will be more separated. Mm. Yes. So they're, they're planting the seed of Sokka is a player. Yes. Essentially. I, yes, that I wouldn't even say as a player, I would say as a 15 year old boy. Yeah. You know, I, sure. I, I was 15 and I fell in love with a new person every three months. And well, I was actually a player, so never mind. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I was 15 and I didn't. So no, like... I'm not saying that either of us is ever, but, I, but I'm saying like I do. I was 15 and I pined for the same girl for like three years. So I need that out of you, Sokka. I, I I'm but just I saying that like is different people are different, and Sokka's well, not. <laughs> and the way his situation was like, if he was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be back with Suki in three months, then yes, I feel like right, that right. feels different. But I think the way that was set up is that was like a beautiful moment at summer camp that the two of them had and have no expectation of ever seeing each other again. Right. It's it's just it's weird to me because it feels like the I just don't have the feeling of a lot of time passing. Yeah. You know, and it, it's show don't tell. They're right. telling you that. Time yeah, has they're passed. telling you that time has passed and you can tell someone something and then reinforce it with some things that give you that feel. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they've done the tell without then also showing some of the, like, I don't need a montage, you know, but I need like, I don't know, maybe a change in terrain or like, I don't know, give me a montage. I like, was just yeah, about to say, I yeah, would like a montage. a montage. Yeah, I take yeah. it back. <laughs> I just rewatched the training movies, which pretty much, I'm uh, sorry, I just rewatched all the Rocky movies, which. Right pretty much invented the modern concept of the of what? the training montage you know like montages I to... get panned but if you do them right they are effective in what you need them to do which is show the passage of time yeah the problem with a montage is when you do a montage instead of actually giving any of a critical piece of content like when you're trying to show two people falling in love and you like never show them talking to each other you just show them doing this and that and yeah. just kind of like like meaningless no. things buying yeah. bread together at a farmer's market is the most loving thing you can do in a relationship paul sure but it's like I, the classic I just want to hear them talk about whether it's sourdough or like yeah. or like but you I, know whole wheat like I, you know i'll give you an example from dialogue i'll give you an example from a movie that most like. of our listeners have probably never watched so this is probably an incredibly unhelpful uh example but i think uh the the actor playing uh commander zhao uh, one of the first things that I saw him in that Paul had to remind me of mm-hmm. was uh, in the great movie called Keeping the Faith, where he played a karaoke singer. And he played a karaoke Sales. salesman. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it did make me really wish that part of the celebration at the end of, you know, when he oh. he's captured the Avatar, that he was going to sing because he's got a very distinctive and wonderfully bad singing voice. But putting that aside, at least in that role. That movie, Keeping the Faith, is, I think, my favorite rom-com of all time. It is, among other things, an utter love letter to New York. Very much so in that it kind of, like, makes fun of people who aren't from New York City, um, (laughs) which is wonderful. I love all of you, I I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, you get it. But in it, 
they show two characters falling in love and show you three different incredibly romantic scenes of them connecting mm -hmm. and then show you a montage of their relationship blossoming from their first night together into them seriously dating a couple of months later. And to me, it's, it's a perfect example because I love the montage and it's set to a wonderful song. But if you didn't have those three scenes at the beginning of it, which they kind of what Paul is saying, it wouldn't work at all. So yeah, yeah, give us a full training scene and then show us like more of that happening, you know, give us a full, um, yeah, you know, give give us like a good adventure they have and then show us like three or more times of Aang in a city helping people doing something and Sokka doing something silly in the background. Exactly. You know? Give the montage, but don't skip the thing that the montage is basically saying, hey, a bunch of things like this happened. Yeah. And and what you could do, like in one of those montage scenes of like escaping Fire Nation soldiers is show like the cabbage guy again. Yes. Yes. And like show him screaming, like do it that way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I want to shift gears and talk about a different part of the episodes uh, in part because we got some feedback about this. So we got an email from, again, I love the names you all come up with. This one is from you know nothing John Cena at gmail.com. What? <laughs> Which is wonderful. Is he saying that John Cena doesn't know? I, I John Cena is, is John Snow, right? No? Yeah, yeah. It's a reference to you know nothing John Snow. This is oh. you know nothing John Cena. All right. I never watched that show, so. That's fair. I never really watched much either. <laughs> so uh, they write, First time listening to the podcast, but I'm loving your Avatar coverage. Thank you so much. Looking forward to what else you cover. I was so psyched to see the Blue Spirit! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Ooh, oh, okay. I had seen this when I I had already seen this when I listened to your coverage of episodes three and four, and when you talked about Ang asserting that it's okay to stay a child, I kept thinking of how he treats Zuko in these episodes. He doesn't see him as an enemy. He really wants to be his friend. In a way, I think many of us adults, quote unquote, learn not to do. And maybe the kids are right. What do you think? Love the coverage. Thanks. YKNJC. Word. <laughs> yeah, I, I I really enjoyed how um how Aang just like treated Zuko like a person. Yeah. You know, after Zuko rescued him and then he rescued Zuko. And then he just talks to him. You know, he's like, I have to ask you a serious question. You know, what kind of calligraphy brush do you use? Yeah. And then, like, they just talk to each other like people. Mm. And then, like, Zuko remembers to be angry, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, he disarms him for a little bit. And then, you know, and then he disarms him again with, the, you know, the airbending makes the yeah. fire just go up in smoke. And then the, bo the boat drift off. And, you know, that's it. But I, I, I always, that was the moment in the original show when I kind of, realized sort of who Zuko was and like maybe who he was going to be. Yeah. You know, and here I feel like they gave us a lot more of that before then, you know, I mean, there were signs in the first show to kind of make him a little sympathetic. Right. But not, not quite to this extent where like, you mm -hmm. know, and it's still kind of self-serving like, cause he's like, no, I don't want Chow to, to rescue him. I, I want yeah. to, or to capture him. I want to be the one who captures him. But like, it's clear that there's, you know, I, I think, on the one hand, in the animated show, that scene is like kind of more subtle in some ways because mm -hmm. I don't think they yeah. talk. I think like Zuko's like unconscious or something. You know, uh, it takes place later, right? Like this is a mashup 
Like, the yeah, Blue it's, it's Spirit late, Rescue. Sort of later. I mean, it's late in season one. Yeah. Yeah. We're and late then, in season one, you know? Well, no, but it doesn't it, feel like it because it's it, it happens three. when they get it, it is literally in the last because it's when they get to the place that we're going to in season yeah. one. It is happens it? at the North Pole. Yeah. Hmm. What what happens in the animated show is that Zuko succeeds in kidnapping Aang when he is in the spirit world. That's when the coast stuff. Happens. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he takes his body while it is. Yeah. His soul is in the spirit world. Yeah. And then, like, Aang reconnects with his body, and they're in, like, an ice cave, and they have a co- this conversation, essentially. Right. No, no, but I'm talking about the rescue. There's a scene There's a scene before yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, where they don't have a conversation. The Blue Spirit rescue, yeah, does happen. Yeah. So, like, they've, they've kind of meshed those two right. together. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was referring to, like, the first time, not when they have the conversation, but, like, when it's, like, a one-sided conversation, when, when Aang's just kind of talking to unconscious Zuko, like... Right. You know, basically like yeah. maybe we could have been yes. friends if yes. you know if we were born in a different time, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um and but here the this was like a more direct sort of instance of that, which is more like when they're in the in the cave. Um yeah. But yeah, I, I found it effective. You know, I I um that was aside from like when he's with Gyatso, like that was some of the ang I've enjoyed the most, yeah. you know. Um and I definitely felt like, as a um, uh, our 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 John Cena loving or or, or disparaging friend, depending on how you want to uh, read it, um, I, I think you're right that like the this is set up perfectly by the by Boomy saying like you're a child and and angrily owning that, being like yeah, yeah. I'm not going to change, you know? Right? Yeah, exactly. Like I'm I'm going to, you know, I mean, there's like a, a saying like empty your cup, right? And mm-hmm. like I think Ang has a very empty cup a lot of the time where he's yeah. willing to take people as they are and doesn't have a lot of preconceptions and doesn't see why things can't be a way that nobody else thinks they can be just right. because nobody, because that's not how they are. Like, it's like, why, why not? You know, and, well, it, it's very much that concept of look to the future, not the past, because not only for yeah. yourself, but also like, yeah, Zuko has tried to attack me in the past, mm-hmm. but I want to know what will Zuko do in the future and how can yeah. I influence that? Yeah. And it's a good reminder that Zuko is also a, a child, you know, a teenager. Still. Yeah. yeah. Like not yeah. an adult, not, not fully an adult. And yeah. it was nice to see that moment from him. But it was also nice to see him revert to form. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, yeah, I I think said earlier, like, Zuko's performance, um, Dallas's performance, not just with dialogue, but just, like, his facial expressions of his anger, yeah, like, is sure. really effective for me. Yeah. And, and it's such an essential, his anger is such an essential part of his character. And yeah. to be able to express that, not just with words or even, like, with yells, but just with the a glare is yeah. is lovely to see for sure. And, and that mixed with like the inner conflict and the yells though, we did get one really good Zuko. Like, <laughs> ah! you yeah. know? I was like, Oh, that there it is. Yeah. 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 yeah you're good. right. I think it was when on the ship, right. With Iroh. Yeah. Where Iroh mm-hmm. is like trying to tell him something like that he needs to do or not do. And he's just like, yeah. ah, <laughs> yeah. Love but it. he's able to, convey that same emotion also just with with a look and yeah 
And yeah, he and Ken Leung continue to be uh, Zhao or Zhao, which th- the different characters are pronouncing it different ways. But mm-hmm. I guess I'll mostly say Zhao because that's how the character himself is saying his name. Yeah. Um, but um, they, they continue to be like my two top performances of just like really standout performances. Yeah. Yeah. The the Zhao like writing his speech stuff oh yes was no. so good and yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah like so slimy <laughs> yeah. yeah it really is <laughs> now don't write that down i don't want to focus on this for too long we haven't talked about it at all yet because i don't think it's really come up but can we agree that if you're standing at the top of a tall wall like a mm. fairly high up wall and a gust of air quite like concussively hits you and knocks you off that wall that the chance of lethality happening upon your reaching the ground is not insignificant. Nope. <laughs> I watched that scene. And I was like, Oh, Matthew. <laughs> like, seriously, that was my first reaction. <laughs> you know, I was going to go there. Thought. But I mean, then Zuko's then carving people up with those blades. Like that's not arguable. Mm-hmm. I don't think. No, no, um, it is. He, I mean, I think it's mostly weapon on weapon and mm-hmm. like, not like it's comic book violence. And yeah, I mean, I know, I know my wife turned to me and was like, she was like, well, that's got to kill some people. Right. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. Like I understand physics mm-hmm. in the world that we inhabit. And I understand physics in the world that they inhabit. And I understand that those are not the same physicses or biologieses. <laughs> Like, yeah, like (laughs) science just doesn't work the same in those Mm -hmm. worlds. And yes, falling (laughs) off of something that high in our world is not a good idea. And if you knock (laughs) someone off of something like that, you might kill them. Mm -hmm. In their world, the gust of wind, what happens? The gust of wind will continue. Uh, yes. push in their fall exactly it'll yeah. it'll like a pillow it'll lift them up just before they they might get because they're, they're lifted up by the wind and exactly. then like, the wind is carrying them like they'll yes. still fall hard but yes that's, you my lo- like, that's my logic all i know is in the spider in the spider-man video game which is awesome you are constantly knocking bad guys off of roofs and then the camera is making sure that you see that the guy is like webbed up along the side of the building you know, to like right, let you know, right. don't. So I just want to see that gust once. Mm, that's that's all I'm saying. That's right, all right, saying. right. Yeah, fortunately, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think like in an animated series, I think they often, not necessarily every time, but like usually will show, no, look, they didn't die. They're okay. The parachute you know? from G.I. Yeah. Joe. Yeah. The Spider-Man is a, is a poignant example, though, because, you yeah. know, they did that musical and that was awful. Oh, yeah. That's... Hmm. Which underscores that falling from heights is very bad. (laughs) I really shouldn't laugh, but yes, yes. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's not. On this cheery note, uh, we've been a little while. Does anybody have some last things they want to bring up? I don't know. Uh, George Takei as as Face Stealer Co. Okay, I was wondering if that's who that was. I thought that's uh, who that voice was. Which is fair because he he runs the prison that is specifically mentioned in one of the other episodes, I believe. 
So kind of glad yeah. that he still, he'll still, he like if he still got in. It's, it's just, fun to have him. Yeah, I don't sure. have anything to add to that. Just that he's fantastic. So Absolutely. just keep keep putting him in things. Thank yes. you. Yes. <laughs> yep. No. Yeah, I, I guess I, I would just add like I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the last two episodes. I might watch them right after we wrap, and then I might watch all the episodes tomorrow, like while playing poker or something. I don't know. Yeah, um, we'll see. Like I I kind of really am looking forward to the feel of like seeing everything in a kind of like in a row, sort of like in my feeling, like as it's meant to be seen. As, yeah, as we have denied ourselves for all your podcasting listening pleasure. Yeah, uh, we, you know, it, it, it's not a show that like after the first two episodes, I was like, oh man, I like really have to listen, watch three and four right away, you know? Yeah. And well, honestly, it helps that you know where the story's going. It does. It yeah. does. Yeah. And, and it, you know, I know we're building to a climax end of season, but yeah. like if we had done one episode at a time, I don't know the first episode, I, I had a hard time yeah. getting through it. You know, uh, like I literally turned it off twice and thought like, oh, do I have to tell Matthew that like. <laughs> it's like like you two have fun you know and then i mean i was fully it. ready for it and no i know i know yeah, yeah especially like if 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 ang had reached for the meat i was just right, gonna right, be like right, paul right. you're excused you're done uh, like, no no i would i would i would definitely want to be on that episode yeah <laughs> i'd have some words i'd have some words but sure. um but yeah i'm i'm i feel like they have availed themselves well from where they started and I did re go back and rewatch like the bit that I'd skipped and it was maybe not as bad as I thought it was maybe going to be, but like, it just, it, Oh, really? Yeah. The, I mean, it, the temple assault. Yeah. And like, maybe because I'd already seen further ahead, you know? Yeah. Um, but, and like, it's, it is cool to see like airbenders do like cool airbender things. I mean, it sucks that they're all getting killed, but like, yeah. It actually did make it feel like, really? Like, could they really wipe them all out? Like, <laughs> it feels like well, the airbenders are better. On any, at other, on any, other, on any day. other day. Yeah. 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 I and I did kind of like that line too, you know, like on any other day, you know, you yeah. might be able to defeat me, but not today. Um, but yeah, it, 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 I feel like they've, they've chosen a tone mostly. You know, they've chosen a direction and made some serious choices that aren't the ones I would have made. Um, but I, I think aside from some really on the nose dialogue, I, I think they've overall done a pretty good job of um, doing of telling the story that they've decided to tell. And I just view it like I'm watching a different story about the same ish characters. And yeah some of the performances are really what, what sells it for me. You know, I think that's where I am. And we talked a lot actually before we sat down for this project about how did we want to do it? Because both Paul and I really love binging. Um, I think I generally prefer this method of consuming new media than waiting week to week, especially when it feels like the artificial, you know, cliffhangers and stuff like that. And I think, I think we were correct that if we had watched all eight episodes, you know, when we tried to record on the first two, we have already known where they were going. And I think it was actually helpful to be able to be like, yeah, we're watching this right after we've seen it. We don't know. And then because then it feels a lot more satisfying to talk about these later things. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, at least, I feel like if I had binged this on my own, I would have been 
I've been having so many feelings and how many like, am I wrong? Does this feel really off? And like, it's felt really validating at times to have like us all agreeing on like, yeah, that felt really off. Or like, this is kind of working. And, you know, then a couple of times I'm way out in the woods, you two are somewhere else. And that's fine too. But I felt like I would have probably been stopping and like checking Twitter to like mm, get all sort right, of right. opinions before. I, so actually I've really liked doing this and I really, I'm, I'm glad we've done this. I'm glad we're going to wrap it up tomorrow. And then, yeah, I probably will sit down and watch the whole thing as well again. So, and I know that we have a number of kind of common get this show is beloved to a lot of the people who've been on this podcast and been on our star Wars podcast. So unsurprising, we're definitely gonna have them come on as well. Right. Um, I'm supposed to say this at the beginning of the episodes, I'm getting bad about, I'm, I'm getting better at that slowly, but, uh, it obviously did not come at the beginning of the episode, but we do have lots of social media. You can find us, uh, the comment from, you know, nothing came through by email, but you can find us on email, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all the ways to do that are in the show notes. In the show notes also is, uh, we're just going to do our website, uh, theethicalpanda.com. You can find out all the ways to become a member. As a member, you get bonus content. You get ad-free content. You get bonus content both at the end of every episode and as well as some bonus episodes, at least one a month. We're going to try and do more. Um, and also, it's just a great way to help us keep the lights on. If you really like what we're doing, please like and subscribe. Please share these episodes with your friends. Please talk about them with others. Uh, writing a review for us on uh apple podcasts or uh, itunes i guess it's called or you know any of the other uh wherever you get your podcasts uh writing reviews for us like and subscribe uh become members all of those great ways to do it so thank you all so much for listening on behalf of myself ricky and paul thank you all so much yep yep oh someone just became a member the light went brighter yeah I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Yip, yip I was, was like, I haven't, given, I haven't given Paul that right to that. To the hell? <laughs> and we're done. <laughs>